I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author Carter Weinstein. His new book is Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Living with anxiety is not an easy road, however. 19-year-old Carter Weinstein has provided a firsthand perspective of hope to fellow teens and young adults with acute anxiety, the challenge he has faced his whole life. In this short, helpful guide, he shares the candid ups and downs of his personal journey, how he got the help he needed, and six pivotal tips that have helped him manage his symptoms and achieve his goals. He's currently a freshman at Georgetown University, where he is studying business. He was also a research intern for Shark Tank. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Carter. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, um, as I noticed uh, when I was reading your bio, I think you are one of the youngest guests I've had on the show. Uh, So I think it's really important for us to be able to talk about this issue of anxiety because anxiety starts, as you've you've said in your book, can start at a very young age, and it's really critical to be aware of it and then to get help and to do something about it. And you've provided this guide for other young people, students, uh, to be able to do this. So when when were you first aware of your feelings of anxiety, that things weren't, you just weren't feeling right, you were anxious? Um, When did that first happen for you? Sure. So I, I very much believe that anxiety can manifest itself at you know different points in one's lifetime. But I first uh, realized it uh, at sleepaway camp at a very young age. I was around third grade, from our third grade, and um, I, I noticed that that my um, that, that, that my sense of nervousness and stress revolving around being away from my family, uh, my friends, my home environment uh, in Dallas so what, what was certainly a bit difficult for me. And um, I, I think, you know, everybody experiences nervousness and stress, you know, with, with, with anything, whether when it comes to a new environment. But certainly mine was expanded pretty exponentially, and that's why I knew I, uh, I had to do something about it. Third grade, how does it manifest itself in third grade? Like, what are the symptoms? Not being able to sleep? I mean, the same kind of stuff that happens to adults or teenagers, or is it different? Absolutely. So I would say that, you know, from a young age, um, and, and especially while I was at the sleep camp itself, you know, I, I was shedding tears, increased heart rate, not being able to sleep, um, not being able to eat, all, all, all of these things. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, it can manifest itself at different points in one's lifetime, but also the symptoms can manifest themselves very differently. So just because, you know, one is a child doesn't mean that they're not going to experience the same symptoms as adults. When this happened at camp, were there people there to help you? Did you say something to them, or were they the ones who saw this happening to you, and they said something to you or called your parents? Or uh, So what was the outcome? Third grade is, what, nine years old, ten years old? Sure. I mean, that's a bit of an interesting point. Um, I really had no communication with my parents. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have you know, a, a computer to email them, You know, whatever it might have you. The only thing I really had was a pen and paper. And interestingly enough, uh, my, my notes, my letters did not get to my parents until the very last day of camp. So they didn't really understand my distress until you know, the very end where they had come to pick me up. Um, so it was a bit of a daunting scenario just considering that, you know, while the counselors were supposed to be well-equipped to deal with anxiety, you know, stress of, of, uh, of, their, of their campers, you know, certainly there is a bit of a disconnect between, you know, the kids who are actually going through that anxiety and stress and the people who are trying to help. Yeah, well, my experience at camp is that probably they don't really have the skills necessary to do that. Um, sure. But 
Yeah. So, so you get home and what happens? What happens with your parents? Cause I know you have tips in your book for talking for parents, to, you know, how to talk to kids or, or young adults when they are experiencing anxiety symptoms. Uh, were these tips something that came as a result of how your parents treated you or did they, uh, come from a different place? You know, it's an interesting question because um, luckily, you know, my parents were so open to helping me. Um, you know, one thing that, that was emphasized to me from, from an early age was that, you know, had I not put myself um, through all of the subsequent exposure therapy of, of needing to go to these programs over the summer to, to be separated from my environment, my family, my friends, uh, my home, then I probably would not have been able to get to the place um, in college where I am today. So a lot of these tips and tricks uh, that, I, and that I talk about um, all come from these personal anecdotes and things that I've learned throughout uh, my, my time, my battle with anxiety. So it's, uh, it, it's a bit of a compounding effect in that, you know, I'll, I'll get, you know, different pieces of advice or learn different things about myself uh, at different points in my life. So we're talking about separation anxiety, obviously, when you go to camp and then you come home and that prepares you for being separate at different other periods in different periods of your life. Uh, what are those can you give us a couple of those, well, I don't want to call them tricks, tips. How about tips for parents and kids? Sure. So I would say first and foremost, it's recognizing that you're not alone in this process. Um, you know, so many athletes, celebrities, uh, successful individuals um, have all come out and, and described how they've had their own uh, you know, trepidations with, with, with mental health. And, and I think it should be viewed as really empowering. At the end of the day, um, I would say, secondly, the, the process is a marathon and not a sprint. There are going to be setbacks. There's no real magic overnight pill to make it go away. Um, I, you know, I honestly think that this journey really is, is about mitigating and alleviating those symptoms versus trying to get rid of anxiety and stress uh, entirely. Because, you know, even some of the most calm people experience, you know, stress, um, you know, whatever level in their lives. Um, but it's just about how we are able to manage it, um, you know, and what we're able to do. Uh, with those symptoms, you know, how we're able to utilize these, these tips and tricks. Um, you know, specific things that I would say, um, and it can come across cliche, but, but, but in all honesty, I think that you just have to find what works for you. Um, you know, I would say, you know, mental, uh, meditation, uh, visualization, uh, deep breathing, these are all things that, that have helped me. Um, and, and I think just going down to the basics, I think any physician, um, you know, any psychologist would tell you this. If you don't have enough sleep, you're not getting enough physical activity, you're bound to be more irritable. So those are just basic things that, that you can do uh, to, to better your own mental health. Well, anxiety or tension helps uh, very often can motivate us to accomplish things, right? Uh, so it, it can be used, in a, as you say, in a very positive way. It doesn't necessarily always have to be uh, negative. How helpful was your pediatrician, he or she, or weren't they, or were they? Yeah, you know... So something that I, that, that I talk about um, when, it, when it comes to medication is that, you know, it's going to work for one person and it's going to not work for another. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I can't really say as to whether, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's beneficial or not. You know, I, I think it's a, a discussion that you should have with, like, your psychiatrist or pediatrician. Um, but the way I viewed medication for me and my interaction with my pediatrician is that it was a very much a, a, last, a last resort because I really wanted to utilize, you know, you know, all, all these tips and tricks that I had just mentioned, uh, you know, before getting into medication, you know, I'm not completely off of medication. Um, that was just something that kind of had, has served for a bit of a baseline. 
for me. You know, they were completely open to looking into medication, and it helps some people. But I, I honestly think, at least for my journey, it was a process of getting on it for a short period of time and then attempting to get off of it. You mentioned earlier, you said just recognize, or it helps one to recognize that you're not alone. You're not the only person who's feeling this way, which I think obviously is critical. How much of a stigma have you felt? I mean, you wrote the book, so you're helping to break through what stigmas are associated with people who suffer from anxiety or panic attacks. But um, what about, how did that affect you or did it? Did you feel stigmatized in in any way as a result of, of these feelings? So I, I think as time has gone on, you know, with all of these athletes, celebrities, et cetera, coming out and speaking about their mental health, I think the stigma has uh, been torn down slightly. And, I, I, you know, I think we still have a long way to go. Um, you know, I, I think it's about establishing, you know, that, that, that cliche line of, of that your mental health is just as important as your physical health. So, you know, if we can, if, if we can um, establish that. Um, at a young age for, for kids I'm in the home, just like teaching that, you know, but just like you go to your, your physician, like you need to spend time working on your mental health to make sure that you're not constantly stressed or ringed with anxiety. You know, so, so I definitely experienced that, you know, from friends, um, just not being able to, to empathize with, with what I was going through or, or, or even sympathize and understand. But, but I think it, it certainly has come a long way and that there's been so many role models who have come out and said that, uh, that, that everybody experienced things like this. And your parents, I'm going back to your parents, and I'm assuming, obviously, it sounds like that they were, they were empathetic and they were there for you and they were very supportive, nurturing. What about, do you have siblings? Yes, I have a younger sister. And what was her reaction or how does she fit into the family dynamics with you suffering from this acute anxiety? Um, I mean, she was, she's always very supportive, but like, granted, she's like four years younger than me. So, so there was, you know, um, I, I think a lot of it is a bit, a bit of a maturity aspect as well. Um, you, you know, I, I think over time, uh, you, be got, you begin to realize, um, you know, things that are important to you in life, um, things that you want to focus on. And so certainly probably around, you know, my thir- third grade, you know, whenever I was first experiencing uh, anxiety and stress, it was probably a little bit difficult for, for her to, to contemplate. Um, but yeah, but she's been nothing but supportive and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to see how I'm able to, to pass on any tips and tricks that I have, you know, if she's ever going through something. So what do you think about anxiety in terms of na- nature, nurture, you know, is something that's just your chemical makeup or the combination of your chemical makeup and your family dynamics or how, yeah, what do you think the effect is on you? Well, I, I honestly think it's a, it's a product of both, um, you know, I, I think your experiences and, you know, what, what you're used to, what you're not used to is going to play a, a massive part in it. That, that's why exposure therapy um, is so difficult but beneficial. This idea that, like, you're throwing yourself into an environment over and over and over again so you become more used to it. And um, and, and that's exactly the, you know, the, the, the nurture aspect behind it, you know, being able to, to grow up in an environment that not only support but but motivating you to become the best version of yourself was uh, incredibly helpful and, uh, you know, something that, that helped me to conquer my fear and anxiety. Well, looking at it from the outside, you've published this book. You started writing it, I guess, when you were a senior in high school, and now you're a freshman. Uh, now you're a freshman in college and at Georgetown, uh, you know, a top university. So at, at some point, you were able to manage your symptoms and accomplish your goals and do all of those kinds of things. 
can we kind of fast forward to how you did that? You get into high school, high school in and of itself is, uh, can be an anxiety provoking situations on lots of different levels. Talk about that and your experience. Sure. I mean, I think high school, you know, brings anxiety on a multitude of different fronts. I mean, you know, the first being, you know, schoolwork. Um, I went to a pretty competitive high school where everybody was, you know, attempting to, to strive for the best universities, um, et cetera, and, and trying to make the best grades. Um, and so that, you know, that the amount of work and um, the difficulty of the work was certainly always a factor. Um, and then I would say, secondly, I think this is true of, of, of anyone's experience. You know, you have social pressure, um, you know, coming from, you know, individuals in person, but also via social media. You know, uh, COVID has, has brought in this era of, of being disconnected from family, being disconnected from friends. And so not having that ability to be able to uh, connect with one another in person has made things that much more difficult. Yeah. So what was that ex- before and after? Uh, give us a little bit of the before and after, before COVID and then COVID, and you're right in the midst of it, um, and right in the midst of it trying to do well in school, get into college. How, did that increase your anxiety, or what did that do for you? You know, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting conversation because, you know, I think a lot of people would agree that after getting, you know, all my classes were fun. You know, it was nice not having to go into school every day um, and, and, you know, just kind of do, do your work from the safety of your home and not really worry about, about going to school. But I think as time has gone on, people have begin, begun to realize that, you know, that, that, that in-person learning and that connection that you not only have with your teacher, but your classmates that surround you is so beneficial. So I think that it became uh, increasingly more difficult as uh, the timeline of COVID, um, you know, continues to uh, stretch on uh, even further. So, uh, so you know, while we're slowly and surely coming back to fully in person, um, there, there, there still is a bit of a disconnect, you know, with having to wear masks um, and you know, social distance um, and all these things that, that kind of have, that have been brought in by COVID-19. But it certainly has shifted my high school experience at first in a bit of a positive way. Uh, but but now it's it's seemingly uh, become more difficult. What about resilience? Do you think, given your experiences, and as we said in the beginning of the interview, oh, you started feeling anxious in third grade. So it's been quite a few years that you've been managing and dealing with 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 your with with your anxiety. And so you've had a lot of experience. So when COVID comes along, and you know, like you saw, you have to wear a mask. You're in school. You're out of school. All of those ambivalent kinds of situations. Do you think your own ability and your own experience to manage anxiety was helpful to you? Because maybe this wasn't, even though the it, the context was different, but still it sort of is a, uh, a context in which people have to deal with anxiety. And you've had lots of experience doing that. Well, I would describe it as that ambivalent volatility. This this idea of you like not really knowing you know, what your next week is going to look like um, in terms of school, in terms of your home life. Uh, you know, I think that makes the situation anxious for anybody. Um, you know, it's this idea of the unknown and, like, in the rapidly changing scenarios was certainly difficult. You know, I had developed a lot of these these, these, these tips and tricks, but, you know, it's completely, you know, different form of anxiety that, that manifested itself, you know, for, for so many people. So it's about finding, you know, that balance of, uh, of how to, to manage your work and, and your seemingly normal life with that of, you know, taking time for yourself and establishing the fact that your mental health is okay. So what do you think, what's your book, what's your going to, what's your guide going to do for, for your audience, for, for your 
uh, the, the young people who read the book and parents and, and I assume teachers as well. You know, I hope people take away from the book that, um, you know, you're not alone in this process and that the idea is that it's an uphill battle. But at the end of the day, the hard work is, in fact, worth the success. And I honestly feel like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm proof of that because, um, you know, b- before I really began to research mental health and anxiety, uh, I even established that there was a bit of a character that, that came along with someone who was anxious. But at the end of the day, everybody has their own idiosyncrasies. Everybody has their own things that make them who they are. So whether that be anxiety-related, stress-related, or whatever it may have you, it's about understanding that, that, that you're not alone in this process and that you can get through it. Talk to us about your, because re- I'm interested, I do watch the show, your uh, research, you were a research intern for Shark Tank. Because that has to be, it would seem to me, there'd be a lot of pressure there to be able to produce and to do what you have to do. And it, the, so, and that would cre- create a certain amount of anxiety. Sure. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty big into finance. So I was working under the, the auspices of, uh, of, of entrepreneur Mark Cuban um, during that time. And I kind of got to facilitate a lot of those Shark Tank deals firsthand. Um, and, and specifically, I kind of got to see, you know, the deals that would work, the deals that were not, and uh, performing a lot of that due diligence um, on those companies to make sure that they were worthwhile investments. And this past semester, I founded uh, my first company with my friend, uh, my best friend from Tulane University. Uh, it's an attendance tracking data analytics company. And so that has been uh, very exciting to see that come through fruition. But I think anything business-related where there's like, risk involved and there are high stakes um, is, is cause for anxiety. But I, I think it's about you know, recognizing that, 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 that you do mess up and that there are setbacks at the end of the day. Uh, but it's about how you bounce back from those failures that define who you are. Yeah, well, one thing I, as I'm listening to you, just listening to what you have to say and looking at all of the things you've accomplished so far, uh, that you're on your way, I guess, to constantly or in the future being able to manage this anxiety. What do you think is going to happen in the future? This is something that you're always going to be dealing with. As you say, most of us, all of us deal with anxiety and we have different levels of it at different times of our lives, but be aware of it and to to help mitigate it by doing positive kinds of things. You mentioned mindfulness. You Do, do you do mindfulness techniques or mindfulness um exercises every day? Yeah, that's a great question. I personally do not, and I think that's something that, that I should be doing more often, and I think a lot of that has got to do with, you know, life gets in the way, but, but I honestly think it's incredibly beneficial if you could just allocate five minutes of your day to meditation, to deep breathing, to visualization. Uh, you know, that's going to go a long way for you. Uh, my dad's an incredibly successful businessman. Uh, he takes time uh, every single night before bed, 10 minutes, you know, meditating um, on a day, on a thoughts, doing deep breathing. And that's something that so many, uh, you know, Fortune 500 CEOs do um, to, to get in in their right space of mind, to be able to perform most effectively. I, I think that you got to realize that you got to put yourself and your own mental health first uh, in order to be successful in, in any sort of business ventures or, 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 or relationships, um, you know, whatever it might be in your personal life. So talk to us also about, like, what is your, what are your goals? What are your, what, you're a freshman, right? You're still a freshman. Uh, yeah, and, and you've already started your own company uh, with your friend from Tulane. I mean, is this the goal to be an entrepreneur or to be the CEO of a big company? How does this fit into like your future plans? I'm curious. Well, right now, um, you know, granted, you know, I'm only a freshman in college, but um, I'm, I'm planning on double majoring in finance and uh, in management. 
with a concentration in entrepreneurship. You know, I, I've always been big into startups. Um, I'm working with uh, a startup company right now through a, a club on campus that deals with private equity and venture capital. Um, and so I, I'm always just trying to get involved with different entrepreneurial ventures uh, that are that are that, that piques my interest. Um, you know, I think that there's something so valuable about working uh, with a team um, to try to inspire change in whatever field it might be. So being able to do that with my closest friend and and trying to to see an impact on a, on a pretty large scale it's been very exciting. So I definitely hope to do more with entrepreneurship in the future. Carter, do you ever take a rest? I'm getting a little anxious listening to you. <laughs> like, well, well, okay. Well, well, I think that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like that's a lot of it. You know, is is trying to find that balance. You know, I'm big into massive into sports. Um, I played soccer for almost my entire life. I played for the local MLS team uh, in Dallas, FC Dallas, for for a number of years. Um, and you know, I, I I try to work out every day. Try try to lift. You know, you know, try to try, try to take my mind off of my work and in the things that I'm inundated with, but it's about having strong friends and, and family that can pull you away from the stresses of life is, is so beneficial. So like when I get on the phone with my family or when I'm talking to my friends, just being able to, to, to pull away from the, from the, um, the hard work and the, and the tension that you endure from, from doing, you know, the difficult things in life uh, makes, makes this process um, and has made my college experience that much easier. So would you say, Pick your friends carefully because you keep talking about family, friends. Okay, family is family. You can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends and the people that you hang out with. And how important is that to maintain your stability, mental stability? So I would certainly say over the course of high school, I, I kind of had a bit of a shift in terms of the ideology of, you know, of what I wanted uh, and, and, and friends, you know, the, 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 in terms of like uh, of who I was, you know, hanging out with, et cetera. Uh, the friends that I have today, I've got a very close, you know, network of friends who are all so incredibly supportive um, and, and 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 aspire to the same successes um, that 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 I that I uh, that, that I want to attain. So, so I, I think it's just about like finding those people, I mean, you know, whether they're through high school, or they're through college, or something completely unrelated, um, that that are going to motivate you and are going to build you up to become, you know, the best version of yourself. Can do or do you have a friend or friends who you can call up and say, I feel really bad today. I feel really sad. I feel like I can't do what I need to do. Uh, can I talk to you? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I really would say that those are those are my high school friends. You know, I've got about you know four or five high school friends that I can that I can call. You know, any any time of the day and and you know express how I'm feeling. And I would hope that they would do the same because you know just about establishing a relationship where you can be there for someone. Uh, someone can be there for you. Um, I, I think is 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 so incredibly helpful. Uh, my girlfriend lives um, back back in Texas, and so she's obviously far away from far away from uh, my my home here now in DC. But she's also been a, such an you know an incredible resource, someone who I can talk to you know wherever whenever I'm feeling stressed, and uh, and I really appreciate when she does the same. So and I, today, well, I mean, you can text and talk, and there's always communication. You can see each other. It's it's say different than even 10, 15 years ago, right? So you can get that kind of uh, connection, even though she's, as you say, she's in Texas, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, what it's, um, yeah. It's, it, it's, really, it's really interesting with that. I mean, like we, we, we FaceTime every day and that's about, you know, as close of a connection as we can get. You know, same with my friends who go to other schools across the country. Um, but, you know, go, always going to, to visit them and coming back home to see them. There's really nothing that beats that. Yeah, I think it's interesting because most much of the time, 
people are saying people, older generations, maybe older than you, obviously, are always talking about the fact that you social media is terrible and all the you know the bad stuff. But the really good stuff, like you're saying, is you'll be able you can connect to all of your friends in an intimate way that you never would be able to do if you didn't have social media, and that that's all positive. Positive is um, coming as you're describing it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I would definitely say that the social media comes with two issues. Um, the first being uh, anonymity, um, this idea that you're able to hide behind a profile. You know, I can go create an Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, you know, whatever might have you profile right now, say whatever uh, I want about whoever, whatever I want. I um, mean, really, there'd be virtually no consequences. Um, and the second thing is this idea of, of idealism, um, of trying to aspire to these influencers who have perfect bodies, perfect lifestyles, et cetera, that, that we feel like, you know, as teenagers, as adolescents, and, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, that, that we have to attain. Uh, oftentimes, social media is a poor reflection of our lives. It, it snapshots into the best moments that we want to share with our followers to make it look like, okay, our life is, is always like this. You know, we're always on the beach. We're always having a great time. We're always with our friends, et cetera. And so it creates this feeling of, of being left out or, oh, why do I not get to do this, et cetera. But, but really, we don't know what's going on behind the lens. Um, you, you know, what's actually going on in that person's personal life? Are they a happy individual? And that's just not something that, that a photo or a video can really tell us. I just click it off. I don't want to see what a great vacation you had. <laughs> I don't, uh, <laughs> unless go. I've just had a great vacation, but if I haven't, right, then right, right. goodbye. <laughs> right. So you, you do, right. <laughs> yeah, you do have control over that, which is a good thing. Right. So a, a message to, oh, well, no, this is, I have, we have about four minutes left, but uh, your book, I mean, here you are. I keep going back to the fact that you're still just still a freshman and you've also written your first book. What's the response of all your friends? Are they just, Jealous? Are they looking at you and saying, mm, "Well, what does he have to be sad or, you know, feel bad about? Look what he's done." <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You know, it's yeah. um, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I've mostly gotten the positive response of uh, of people just saying, you know, how much they like the book. It's a very short book. It's only a hundred pages. It might seem long to some some people, but pretty short relative to other to other books. Um, and and I think you know, I wanted to make it concise, so it kind of got right to the point. Um, you know, and in, in, in terms of just kind of giving people what what I thought that, you know, would be beneficial for them to hear. Um, it's been relatively positive and people support, you know, some people are surprised, um, you know, individuals who are not opened up to before about, you know, my own anxiety and stress, you know, they're surprised to, to learn that I've been going through these things. But, but, but I, I, it's, my point really was, was not about myself. It was to um, inspire, you know, other adolescent teenagers and, and try to impact them in a grandiose fashion, uh, you know, so that they were able to, to, to better themselves and utilize my anecdotes and, and my tips that I give throughout the book to benefit, um, you know, them, the, themselves and, um, and, and their relationships, um, in their careers or, or anything where they can uh, become better versions of themselves. Yeah. And I assume you're credible because you are credible because you're not so far out of the teenage years yourself, I'm assuming, uh, or you still an old teenager. So young people are going to look at this book and say, Hey, you know, as you say, it's short, it's concise, it's in their language. They can use it. It's not some long verbose kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, you know, I think that one of the reasons why I wrote this book is that I thought there was a bit of a disconnect between the adult psychologists who were writing the book and the teens who needed to read them. So I thought that it would be beneficial for people if there was a book, uh, you know, by a teen, for teens that could help with anxiety. 
Well, on that, I think that's a, a good uh, note to end the show on or end the interview. We have a couple minutes left. So, okay, we want to know more about you. We want to know more about the book and what you're doing and which it sounds like you're always doing something exciting or interesting. So what? how can we get keep in touch with you, contact uh, website websites to go to for more information? Sure. So you can go to uh, Carter Weinstein, that's C-A-R-T-E-R-W-E-I-N-S-E-E-I-N, book.com. Um, to learn all about the book and uh, just to get some more biography on me. Um, and it's available uh, on Amazon um, to purchase Conquering Fear, uh, One Teen's Got to Overcoming Anxiety. Um, it's available uh, both on Kindle and um, hard copy that can be sent right to your house. Um, if you want to uh, keep up with me, just go to Carter Weinstein Book or uh, follow my personal social media, Carter.Weinstein. I'm on Instagram virtually everywhere. Um, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me, and I hope I I get to continue to impact and inspire others who uh, could benefit from reading my book. Oh, I think you're definitely going to do that. I'm going to be looking out for you. Uh, great book, uh, great information, and uh, good luck with the next project and the project, the, the your uh, new company that you started as well. It's great. So Carter Weinstein, that's who we've been talking to. Uh, he's uh, at Georgetown University, and his new book is Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.